Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Starseed Radio Academy, empowering Starseed to better serve the planet. Welcome to Starseed Radio Academy. It's Tuesday, July 3rd, 2018, and I'm your host, Arielle Taylor, with my co-hosts, Lavendar and Anastasia. We have only three spots left for our next Starseed Quest Arkansas, which is August 17 through 20 for the Harmonic Convergence Anniversary. This is a soul family reunion, and you'll need at least one galactic marking, which is at least 25, 26, or 27 degrees of any sign on your natal chart to be eligible. And you can write to crystals at starseedhotline.com for more info. Tonight we have one of the most important shows we've ever done because your life and your children's lives depend on knowing the truth about 5G and wireless technology. Our special guest is Sarah Amanoff, who is a member of the California Alliance for Safer Technology, which is a consortium of environmental activists, tech workers, lawyers, public health advocates, and doctors whose mission is opposing 5G. Successes include Governor Brown's veto of SB 649, which would have given away California's local authority for cell towers. The California Brain Tumor Association, founded by Ellie Marks, led the opposition as they are dedicated to safeguarding public health, focused on prevention of primary brain tumors due to cell phone use, as well as exposure of all cell towers and opposed to deployment of 4G and 5G. A new documentary entitled Generation Zapped won Best Documentary at the D.C. Independent Film Festival uh, coming out on DVD July 10th. People can host their own local film screening. Director Sabine Elgamile writes, In less than a generation, cell phones and the Internet have revolutionized virtually every aspect of our lives, transforming how we work, socialize, and communicate. But what are the health consequences of this invisible convenience? To find more answers, check out these websites, the Environmental Health Trust, which is EHT.com, and also you can watch the trailer for the film Generation Zapped at generationzapped.com, and that's generation Z-A-P-P-E-D, zapped.com. At the top of the show, it's Anastasia's Starseed News, bringing topics of interest to starseeds that you won't hear in the mainstream. And we'd like to thank Kathy and Fiona for hosting the switchboard tonight. And later on, Jada will be joining us for those who may have a question or comment for our guest. We have an online starseed community at starseedhotline.ning.com, and it's a safe place to connect with other starseeds thanks to Tammy's helpful dedication. You can download our shows on iTunes or right here on Blog Talk. And if you'd like to show your support of our program, please just click follow on our page here and you'll get our weekly show notices. The toll-free number for StarseedHotline.com is 888-881-0881. 
The stage one starseed confirmations are based on Lavendar's discovery of star markings and your natal astrological chart. And the stage two session is a one-on-one phone session available with Lavendar, Anastasia, or myself. And for those who need healing of any kind, emotional, physical, or spiritual for yourself or your pets, Tammy's powerful remote sessions will make a difference. And if you have a birthday coming up, you don't want to miss out on your 10 hours of power. You can find out when that happens by requesting your solar return timing. And remember, if you want an interpretation of that chart for more details, order it at least two or three months ahead because we do have a waiting list. So first off this evening, I want to introduce Anastasia and her wonderful Starseed News. Hey, hi Anastasia. Well, good, good evening, Ariel. It's so great to be with everybody. We have uh, some news to get into, so I want to talk to you first about Mars. Mars is looking different. If you have a telescope, you might check it out. A Martian dust storm that started late May uh, and managed to silence NASA's Opportunity rover, we talked about that a week or two ago, has Mm -hmm. now wrapped itself around the entirety of Mars. The entire planet is caught up in a dust storm. This is radically transforming the appearance of the red planet. Amateur astronomers are taking pictures of the storm through backyard telescopes, and even naked eye observers say they can see changes in the planet's color. And regarding uh, that, let's talk for a minute about NASA's Dawn spacecraft. This uh, spacecraft has entered its nearest orbit ever to the dwarf planet Ceres. Ceres is an icy body in the asteroid belt left over from the formation of the solar system. We have a probe out there, guys, and the latest images sent back by the spacecraft were captured only 22 miles above the surface. That's close. Now, these new observations help confirm something they call cryovolcanism and uh, uh, substantiate the presence of sodium carbonate or soda ash. Now, Ceres is about one-fourth the size of Earth's own moon, and this new orbit uh, being made by Dawn is also one of the closest shaves of any NASA orbiter getting real close, as I said, to Ceres. Now, the lunar prospector had previously orbited the moon at, now we're talking about Ceres now, just 20 miles above the surface. No, I mean our moon, excuse me. But the Dawn spacecraft uh, was originally launched in 2007, 11 years ago. It's been traveling around out there doing a bunch of things. It arrived at the asteroid Vesta in 2011, and in 2012 it set a new course for Ceres, entering orbit in 2015. Now it's been orbiting for three years. This made Dawn our first spacecraft to orbit two different bodies beyond the Earth-Moon system. Now Dawn is going to stay in the Ceres orbit for the duration of its mission, Ceres was once, to believe the, once believed to be the largest asteroid, but is now considered a protoplanet that once had a frozen-over ocean. They say that if there are parts of an ancient ocean still that has liquid under the surface, that still has liquid under the surface of Ceres, that Ceres could be added to the list of places that life might exist beyond Earth. So... They're really doing some investigating up there. I don't know how I feel about that. There was an article that I, I didn't uh, cover because it was too extensive uh, for tonight's show, but um, they're discussing now what to do about 
protecting space from our microbes. And there's actually an agency, uh, a group of people that oversee that. In the past, when NASA operated uh, spacecraft and were the only ones that did that, uh, they had a uh, function to make sure that everything was sterilized before it went into space. But now that private industry has taken this over, this is not uh, possible. And in fact, I think the one of the latest probes sent by SpaceX had not passed the clean test before it left the planet. So there are people who are having ethical dilemmas about Earth leaving its microbes and its potential contaminants on other planets, while there is really not even anyone uh, to discuss or care about uh, the space trash that we take up and may dispose of and dispense with in any place that we go. So there are a lot of ethical areas that are not being addressed by this planet and its people when it comes to uh, launching off of our planet and venturing out to other places. And given the imperialistic attitudes that we've had about colonization on this planet, it's a concern about what kinds of uh, shape we will leave things in once we've visited and left. And so, anyway, I'm just putting it out there that this should be part of our consciousness and awareness uh, to be extremely conscientious and thoughtful and uh, use some restraint uh, in matters of exploration into space for the benefit of the universe itself, given our history. Uh, it's unlikely that that will happen, but I'm just saying. Well, the last honeybee refuge in the United States is dwindling because of agriculture and development. This is really kind of a concern. In fact, it's not kind of a concern. It is a concern. They're telling us that bees are having a much harder time finding food in the United States region known as the northern Great Plains of the Dakotas and neighboring areas, where more than one million colonies spend their summers feasting on pollen and nectar from nearby wildflowers and other native plants. But from 2006 to 2016, more than half the conservation land has been converted into agriculture. And there's growing crops that hold insufficient pollinating source for bees. And bees that have a hard time finding food are less likely to survive the winter, as if they aren't endangered enough. And at best, if they do survive, these bees will be vulnerable to disease. Now, the federal government pays farmers to keep some land wild for the benefit of bees that feast on vegetation and natural habitat. But during that ethanol boom, farmers found that they could make more money in corn and soybeans. And until recently, the conservation lands of the northern Great Plains were the last survival refuge for bees. Now, bees, as everybody knows, but I'll say it, are crucial pollinators for more than 90% of the nation's flowering crops, including apples, nuts, avocados, broccoli, peaches, blueberries, and cherries, and watermelons, and tomatoes, and on and on and on. So, you know, when you look around, go around into any community, it appears that there's more and more pavement, more and more development, and less and less nature. This is really a problem. This is something that the future uh, generations are going to have to reverse. We're going to have to turn this around and make room for animals and beautiful things that really do belong on the earth, and it's their home too. 
Well, we had a shallow magnitude 6.1 earthquake that struck off the coast of Jalisco, Mexico. Uh, that just happened a day or two ago. Uh, the depth of the tremor was about six miles. We've had some volcanic activity going on uh, after months of being quiet. The Mayan volcano um, erupted again Sunday, just this last Sunday, sending white to light gray ash clouds high into the sky, right alongside of the Bali volcano in Indonesia. It's in a new eruption. It's Mount Agung. We've talked about that quite a bit. Uh, it erupted last night ejecting a 6,500-foot column of ash and hurling lava down its slopes. Reports tell us that there have been flares of incandescent lava reached about a mile and a half from the crater, setting fire to forests at high elevations on the mountain. The alert level hasn't been raised, and the exclusion uh, uh, area around the volcano remains the same, but nevertheless, it's acting up. Uh, Indonesia is an archipelago of more than 250 million people. It sits on the Pacific Ring of Fire, and as you know, it's prone to earthquakes and volcanic eruptions. What you might not know is that government seismologists are now monitoring more than 120 active volcanoes. And something odd happened in Texas, just odd. They say that it was due to the weather phenomenon related to a thunderstorm. But there was a rare Texas heat burst <clears throat> that happened in two North Texas towns. It was, happened early Sunday morning before the sun rose, that is. There was a heat burst that occurred in the middle of the night. It sent temperatures soaring to nearly 100 degrees during the night. Now, as you all know, at night the temperature drops, but not this night. At 12.15 a.m. Central Time, the evening temperatures in these these two towns in Texas fell to 85 degrees Fahrenheit. But by 1.30 that morning, it was 99 degrees and then reached 100. (laughs) They're blaming the heat burst. In addition to the temperature spike, there were also wind gusts to nearly 50 miles an hour and humidity levels plummeted to 13%. Hot. It was windy and it dried out in the middle of the night. Five hours later, just before sunrise, temperatures were down to the daily low of a normal 80 degrees for that time of the morning. Weird. Hmm. I don't know what a hose pipe is, honestly. And I thought if I looked it up, I didn't know that I'd find it. In the UK, they have something called a hose pipe. I thought, well, is it a house pipe? Is it a water hose? Well, here's the story. Water shortage warnings and a hose pipe ban as the U.K. heat wave intensifies. Britain happened to see the record for the hottest temperature of the year broken for the fourth consecutive day last Thursday as their mercury reached 33 degrees centigrade in Wales. Utilities companies have warned of potential water shortages all across the United Kingdom, And there's a hosepipe ban that was introduced in Northern Ireland as temperatures have been forecast to remain high. They expect the heat wave to continue uh, into the early part of this week when northeast England, northeast Wales, western Scotland, and possibly Northern Ireland could hit around 30 centigrade. That's hot. That's hot for the U.K. 
And there's lots of heat waves occurring all over the, the world. This is just one story out of many. Well, it is summer, but I mean, where I live, it has been really hot, exceptionally hot, hotter than normal, a lot hotter than normal. It's happening everywhere across the United States and across the world. Well, Seattle has finally done it. We talked about it a few weeks ago. They finally banned plastic straws and utensils at their businesses. Uh, Plastic straws and utensils are no longer allowed in Seattle bars and restaurants under that new rule that went into effect two days ago. Seattle is believed to be the first major U.S. city to ban single-use plastic straws and utensils in food service. They uh, put through a 2008 ordinance that began to phase out various plastic products from the food industry. Businesses are now allowed to use compostable utensils, straws, and cocktail picks. Advocates naturally, logically, correctly say plastic items can't be recycled, and many single-use plastics end up in the ocean, hurting sea life and polluting the water. Businesses that don't comply with this new regulation will face a fine of up to $250. Well, Facebook's in the news again. They're telling us, you might have heard this, I don't know, but 800,000 users may have had a bug that unblocked, blocked people. So if you have someone in Facebook that you don't want to have access to your data anymore and you block them, well, there was a bug. And that bug just might have unblocked the person that you wanted to have blocked. Now, this bug was active between May 29th and June 5th. And while the person who was unblocked by the bug, the blocked (laughs) the unblocked blocked person could not see any content that the user shared with their friends the unblocked blocked contact could see things that were posted to a wider audience Facebook is telling everyone that the problem has been fixed however this is the second software bug in less than a month that the company has notified users about in June Facebook revealed that a software bug led some users to post publicly by default regardless of their previous settings. That bug affected as many as 14 million users over several days in May. And if you'll note, incidentally, and by the way, Facebook is running a lot of feel-good ads on television about how wonderful they are. Damage control, hard at work. And most of you, some of you, out there might use Gmail. A lot of people use Gmail. Did you know that Gmail app developers have been reading your emails? Well, they have. You know, (laughs) if you put anything on the Internet, any emails, just consider that it's going to be in a billboard in the sky. Okay, nothing is private. New news out is that third-party app developers have read and can read and do read the emails of millions of Gmail users. Gmail's access settings allows for data companies and app developers to see people's emails and view all the private details, including who the recipients are and the entire content of the messages. And while those apps, they say, do need to receive user consent, what you might not know is the consent form doesn't tell you that it's going to allow other human beings and not just computers to read your emails. 
Google says in its defense that it only gives data to vetted third-party developers and with users' explicit consent. But again, <clears throat> just like many of these consents and I agree statements, people don't read them and the details are often left out. Google goes on to tell us that their employees may also read emails, but only, quote, in very specific cases where you ask us to and give consent or where we need to for security purposes, end quote. Some of the companies that Google trusts with user access are companies that include firms that have had opportunities in the past to plentifully, freely access thousands of email accounts and read them. All right. Stronger by nature. Do you know that nature can make us healthy? Nature can make us well. Nature can make us sane. People say to me all the time, everybody's going crazy. I say, well, you know. Yes, indeed. People are having a hard time coping. People are having a hard time with mental balance. Because people are living artificial lives in artificial environments, completely out of touch with themselves, out of touch with life, out of touch with what matters. We are become technological uh, groupies in love with technology, in love with all the things that are not good for us, while we neglect the very force of life under our feet. Well, for those who doubt, there is now research that tells us that being in nature for 30 minutes a week strengthens and protects your mental health and increases your feelings of belonging. In other words, it eliminates a sense of isolation, very critical to mental health and spiritual well-being. We could say that mental health is about realizing our own capacity to thrive and to cope with the stresses of life. It also involves the ability to be productive and to contribute something to the community that wouldn't be there otherwise without us. And in today's time and places, it's not easy to achieve strong mental health. And our genetics and certainly our environment don't always uh, contribute to that. But there are things that you and I can do to nurture our mental health. And they tell us now, research has shown, if you need science to convince you, that spending time in nature is one of those ways. And research has discovered that the effects of nature on your mental health are powerful. And what they tell us is this, in their words, that despite our modern urbanized lives, we still have Stone Age brains that have been beautifully built to thrive in primitive conditions. And when our stone-aged brains are forced into a modern lifestyle, they can manage, but they also experience additional stresses that were not experienced by our ancestors. Pretty obvious, stating the obvious here. They go on to say that to be healthy, our brains need the things that would have been abundant and within easy everyday reach of our ancient ancestors. This includes things like, oh my, plenty of sleep, Imagine that. Physical activity, sunlight, social connection, a diet rich in omega-3 oils and nature. 
lots and lots and lots of time in nature without the crazy complexities of urban life. And you might be surprised to know that there is a minimum dose of nature that we need to keep our mental health at its best. This study, led by the University of Queensland and the ARC Center of Excellence, uh, excuse me, ARC Center of Excellence for Environmental Decisions, acronym SEED, has found that 30 minutes of nature each week will make a difference in your life. Just 30 minutes of nature a week. This uh, research was published in the journal Scientific Reports, and it looked at the relationship between individual experiences of nature and took various measures, including measurements of mental health, also blood pressure, and things like social cohesion. And the study involved over 1,500 people aged 18 to 70 years and found that people who spend 30 minutes or more each week were less likely to struggle with stress, anxiety, depression, and heart disease, and these people also had greater social cohesion, connection, ability to cope in social situations. This research builds on previous work that has found similar health effects of spending time outdoors, and previous research has shown that 30 minutes of outdoor gardening reduces cortisol, which is the stress hormone and restores a positive mood after a stressful task. Now, listen to this, guys. This is very interesting. When the same stressful task was followed by 30 minutes of indoor reading, the mood continued to deteriorate during the time spent reading. Now, hiking outdoors has been found to reduce negative thinking and rumination. Now, rumination is the obsessive, repetitive cycle of negative thinking that leads to a number of mental health issues, including depression, anxiety, binge eating, and post-traumatic stress disorder. And people who walked for 90 minutes through a grassland reported lower levels of rumination and also showed reduced activity in the part of the brain that is associated with mental illness. And those who spent that 90 minutes walking through an urban environment showed none of these health benefits. Hmm. Now that, I'm, I rest my case. There it is. Get outside. Spend time in nature. Want to do your life's task. That is where you need to start. And let's not ignore the fact, you guys, that nature is cheaper <laughs> and far more effective <laughs> than a therapist. And right. I think Standing Bear <laughs> Standing Bear said it best. Think about this, guys. Standing Bear said, man's heart away from nature becomes hard. And we want to know why people are so unfeeling, uncaring, numb, indifferent, self-centered, into themselves, locked down, walled off. Man's heart away from nature becomes hard. Nature opens the heart chakra. Nature opens us to love. It's the highest frequency there is. Ah, beautiful, beautiful nature. And last on our list of news for tonight is that wildfires wildfires excuse me have been spreading in northern california there have been two major wildfires 
that have rapidly spread, forcing 300 people from their homes. There's one called the County Fire. It's only 3% contained, according to the California Department of Forestry. It's continuing to grow. It's threatening more than 100 structures. They say that the County Fire started Saturday afternoon, grew quite a bit by Monday night, and, and as of yesterday. They say that it's blackening... Uh, uh, blanketing the skies over San Francisco, Napa, Sonoma, and San Mateo counties. They have issued an air advisory uh, report um, and respiratory alerts cautioning children and the elderly and people with um, chronic diseases to avoid exertion. A second wildfire is also burning. It's called the Pawnee Fire. It's consumed almost 15,000 acres, but it is 75% contained. Now, residents in some areas affected by the county and uh, Pawnee fires have been told to leave their homes. <clears throat> All around us, we see signs of nature in distress. All we need to do is begin to give it the proper respect, homage, and bond with it. Be a part of it. It is the mother of our bodies. It gives us a place to be on this beautiful planet. <sighs> Responsibility toward it would change the world. For <laughs> Beautifully. All right. Well, Robert Louis Stevenson said, Don't judge each day by the harvest you reap, but by the seeds you plant. Oh, that's I love sage that. advice. That's sage I love advice, that. yes. And one word about tonight's guest, Sarah Emanoff. She is one of the finest examples I know of that beautiful quote. She is tireless and inspired in what she tries to do to help each and every one of us and all beings on the planet. She is truly serving the light, and I think it's wonderful that she's on the show tonight. I hope that many who are not here listening live will be able to come back and pick this up uh, on, on uh, recording to hear this. What she is doing is so very, very important. Anything that we can do to support her, to help her, to help this cause, we should all put our shoulders into it. And blessings to you, Sarah, and thank you for all the work you do. And from my heart to each and every one of you, much love, walk in beauty, and we'll talk again next week. Okay, Ariel? Okay. Well, thanks so much, Anastasia, for the Starseed News, and I love that quote. So um, we'll talk to you next week. All right, so um, now let me get things um, switched around here, and I'll get uh, Lavendar's mic open and also Sarah's. We have a lot of people on the switchboard tonight, so there you are. Okay. Come on, click. I clicked. Okay, we go. (laughs) Lavendar, are you there? I'm here. Okay, great. Sarah, you ready? I'm here. Okay, okay, excellent. We welcome you to the show and that Lavendar take it away. All right. Well, Sarah, thank you so much for moving on a dime and being able to be with us tonight because we had a cancellation for our guest and so I was thrilled to hear that you were ready to step up to the plate and give us this wonderful information that you've been holding and working with. So, Sarah, just just start talking to us, educate us. Tell, tell us exactly what we need to know about what's happening with technology, especially with this 5G. So just take it away, Sarah. Thank you so much. And and before I begin, I want to thank Anastasia so much for her Starseed News, and I will continue. Uh, yeah, so 
the film we've been putting on this film called Generation Zapped. We've been showing it at different universities and also the San Francisco Department of the Environment. And um, here's basically a quote from the film. Today we encounter 100,000 times the level of radiation from wireless technologies that we did decades ago. Yet the safety standards set by the federal regulatory agencies are outdated. New wireless devices such as smartphones, baby monitors, and the latest Internet of Things continue to enter the market without any proper pre-testing or post-testing monitoring. Too little is done to ensure public safety and awareness. So how can we uncover the facts and reduce our exposure to limit the associated health risks? So there's a couple of facts that are there that are undisputed. The World Health Organization classified radio frequencies as a class 2B carcinogen, same as DDT and lead, in a press release of May 2011. So it's um, gotten a lot more intense recently. Um, so the National Toxicology Report has come out, um, and that basically says that there was a definitive um, link. So it basically shows increased gliomas and acoustic neuromas in long-term cell phone users. Um, the results are really relevant for children's health. And so I believe it's Leonard Hardell, who from University Hospital Sweden, suggests wireless be classified now as a carcinogen group one. There is clear and unequivocal evidence of carcinogenic activity. And so this is really concerning, given the ubiquitous nature of the devices. Um, also because um, 5G is um, being test piloted in a couple of different cities, including Sacramento and New York. And for anyone who is on Facebook, Naomi Wolf has been posting on 5G concerns. Naomi Wolf is not one of the scientists. She's actually a progressive feminist author, I believe, who was a political advisor during the Clinton era. And so we were really surprised, and she actually was speaking up about this because they're they're testing it. And 5G is a different frequency. It's invasive to the skin and the eyes, and it's there's no testing. And what's the difference between um, what 4G, which is fourth generation, and 5G, which is fifth generation, is 5G you need a lot more cell towers. Usually, um, small call, they're called small cells, and they've been popping up in residential communities in front of people's homes. And cities unwittingly give away the rights, and they put them on um, street lamps, lamp posts. And people one day wake up and they see mini refrigerators, you know, on their street lamp. And the thing is with one of these small cell towers is proximity is everything. So if it's close to you, it's a lot more egregious. And you, unlike your phone, you can't turn it off. This thing's 24-7, and we now have the evidence to show harm. So there's a big movement of people, including... Um, I believe it's Michigan Senator Patrick Kolbeck who provides testimony um, to the legislature indicating 5G and Internet of Things are biologically hazardous. So that's, 
He's a senator from Michigan, and he reminds his colleagues that their primary duty is to protect public health over technological convenience. I can go on. This is a pretty in-depth topic. You live in California, don't you? Oh, yeah, yes. I do. I live in... Um, <laughs> I live basically um, next to Silicon Valley. I'm I'm in the Bay Area. Um, uh, I cross the 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 Dunbarton Bridge and I'm there in Menlo Park and there's Facebook. <laughs> um, so it's half an hour. I work in San Francisco um, and very fortunately Berkeley, where I worked. I worked in Berkeley and my colleague um, Kevin Kuntz who worked for the school district I worked for, he produced Mobilize. And so it was, I found out about this through my colleagues. They were, they brought in the Environmental Health Trust to Berkeley High School, had a, you know, we're measuring students' phones, we're measuring the school. Um, it was really exciting. They they went and they passed the Right to Know ordinance. Uh, Ellie Marks is with the uh, California Brain Tumor Association, and she was behind the uh, founding the California Alliance for Safer Technology, and she was one of the reasons that Governor Brown um, vetoed SB 649, which would have um, streamlined a cell tower deployment on every three houses, um, overriding local control. Um, the League of California Cities were against this. Also, the Teamsters, especially the movie the, um, the Teamsters who were representing the movie industry because it would have destroyed the um, historical <laughs> beauty of California because you can't film a history piece with cell towers every couple houses. Wow. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about what you have learned with being a teacher and your and your students and talk to us about what it's doing to these teenagers' brains especially with them sticking their cell phones and putting that under their pillow at night. Okay, yeah. So um, we wrote a letter. Let's see. All right, there's just so much information. We wrote a letter basically to the school, the you know, Teen United Educators of San Francisco, and they actually passed a resolution. I may be jumping the gun here because they still have to do a press release regarding this. So we're um, – and basically it's looking at – the California Department of Public Health guidelines, um, because the addiction level, of course, in every school is pretty off the hook. And you know, so I, I teach, and my kids, I have no, I, they're on their phones, they're on the internet. Um, the best I can do is get my staff to get off the internet, and um, that's really hard sometimes. Most of, but my staff, most of them are, are pretty good. Um, so the thing with um, the, the kids is, yeah, they sleep with their phones underneath their pillow at night. Some of them admit to heart palpitations. Um, they're charge, always charging their phones. Um, basically, it's a big deal about your phone has to be charged. You can never miss a text or you'll be ostracized. Um, I've measured the phones in the classroom, and it's gone up to 425 microwatts per meter squared. Mind you, passing a cell tower on the street is 2.7 meters squared. I'm going to repeat. Passing a cell tower, one of those big, huge things, right? I'm on the street. There it is, 2.7 microwatts per meter squared. Remember, it's it's up, up high. 
Okay, if I'm doing a small cell, maybe it's 15, um, 425 microwatts per meter squared. Measure, I mean, at peak value, um, their phone accessing the industrial strength wireless router. I have no doubt that's probably exceeding the FCC regulations at peak value. I don't know, especially if they're holding it next to their body, because PhoneGate in France said that phones next to the body often will exceed the FCC guidelines by nine times. And you're having, um, you're using all the antenna on the phone. So what I do is I usually, I've done a couple of presentations, and I usually, like I'm going to ask your audience right now if that's okay. <laughs> sure. Um, uh, you know, great. Um, just if they can have their phones, is their phones out? And especially if they have an iPhone, um, I would love it if they could actually um, look at their antenna. So there should be five. There's a cellular one. Um, there's the wireless, and then there's the Bluetooth, then the privacy, and that's the GPS one. So try switching everything off. You still have your phone working, but you're going to switch off your cellular. You still can get text, by the way, even if you switch off your cellular. You switch off your wireless, switch off your Bluetooth, then now your privacy. That's four antenna. Now you have your phone the way it was in 1996 when these the FCC guidelines were set. That's that's when they they um, tested it for safety, quote unquote. Now it's it wasn't the phone that we have today. So if you do make a call, I recommend turning off all these antenna. Um, and also, I have like what's called a retro headset, which is um, blocks 99% of radiation. And I just bought a hollow tube headset. Um, my second thing I'm going to ask your audience is that are you aware of the fine print that comes with each device that says you need to keep a separation distance? So if you look at your iPhone, <laughs> there's like a fine print warning that will come with your device. So get out your phone and then go to settings, um, legal, RF, yeah, it's a couple of layers, and eventually you'll see hidden this teeny tiny writing in very fine print, and it's really small, and it will say to keep a separation distance. So that's what Berkeley, so Ellie Marks, um, in Berkeley, she um, passed what's called the Berkeley Cell Phone Right to Know City Ordinance, which requires sellers to inform customers that keeping a device in a pocket or bra could lead to radiation exposures that exceeds federal guidelines. So um, they've been sued <laughs> a couple of times, but um, it's been overturned. The wireless industry keeps on suing the city of Berkeley, which is defended by um, Harvard professor Lawrence Lessing, who will defend any city in the United States who wants to pass a similar ordinance. So he will do it pro bono. That means... Um, so, um, grant you there the CTIA. I believe I have the email here. It, they just um, the Wireless Association sued Berkeley, stating that Berkeley violated their First Amendment rights by forcing their retailers <laughs> to give out information at the point of sale that the industry does not want them to see. Um, so basically, it's saying to keep a separation distance. Um, but the CTIA lost in district court. Um, so, 
this Berkeley Law has helped raise awareness in a, in a huge way. Um, so I believe Massachusetts is, has a similar bill. Good. So, yeah, so I'm just encouraging people to know their rights. Um, uh, yeah, so the resolution – oh, yeah, continue. I was going to say, what is the, the, the distance when they're saying that the, the guidelines recommend a, a distance? What is that? I think it used to be five-eighths of an inch. It might have changed. Um, and so it's not it's not on your in your hand. It's not in your pocket. It's five-eighths of an inch of a distance. So Away from your uh, body. Uh, away from your body. The, the, the exposure increases exponentially. Distance is your friend. That's the saying. It's mm-hmm. pretty exponential if you keep it in your hand, in your pocket. Okay, so for um, for boys, so we actually have, like, the sound bite, which is avoid the four Bs, <laughs> and that's the bra area, the brain babies, and um, <laughs> I'm not going to say the other one, but it's reproductive system. And so we tell we tell boys not to keep it in your front pocket, and... So basically, it does um, non-inherited DNA damage. So one thing too is for girls. Uh, Tiffany France was a teenager who wore her phone in her bra for several years, and she developed breast cancer in her twenties, and that like spread to the rest of her body. So according to Deborah Davis, um, many young women tucking cell phones in their bras become a real cool hip thing. Um, but our concern is usually for boys um, wearing, having their phone in their pants pocket because this really does impact fertility and creates non-inherited DNA changes. And so the, the California Department of Public Health, which, yes, came out with their cell phone guidance um, document. I believe it was December 2017. And uh, what's, they've had this information since 2009. But they say all about this. They actually say... Um, they actually warn about keeping the cell phones away from the boy's pocket due to fertility concerns and trends such as lowered sperm count and lowered sperm motility. And also, I have to say this, sperm exposed to cell phones in a test tube will die three times faster and have three times more DNA damage, and that's not a debate anymore, says Deborah Davis. So Europe actually has posters called Save the Boys, and they educate there are people on this topic. France has banned Wi-Fi from nursery schools. Uh, I believe they're going to ban cell phones this in September. Cypress and Haifa have also removed Wi-Fi from schools. It's, it's real different in Europe. So tell us more about why the Wi-Fi routers do not have to be on all the time and why the, its pulse can interfere with learning, memory, and sleep. Tell us about that. Thank you. Well, okay, so France, okay, so you can just turn off your router. You don't need to have it on. And so France has turned off its router in elementary school when not needed. And Maryland Children's Environmental Health um, recommends Wi-Fi be turned off. So the thing with the router is it pulses. Um, The kids are basically, they're using the industrial Wi-Fi router for social media and they're streaming um, movies. And one of the concerns um, is uh, the, the California Department of Public Health cautions in their cell phone guidance document not to stream video 
or play video games. Well, guess what? That's what the kids are doing. Oh, look, and, and, and <laughs> you know, and, and adults as well, <laughs> they're streaming video. They're playing video games. Well, that's going to emit higher RF, especially on an industrial Wi-Fi router. And that, so what happens is students, especially young children, may suffer from headaches, impacts in memory with increases, that increase with exposure. So the recommendation is to download music playlists and games first onto the device, and then you listen on airplane mode. Students don't do that. Um, but what is really impressive is that we're hoping to post the California Department of Public Health guidelines in all the classrooms, but that's going to take a while um, because all these things take a while. And even if I talk to colleagues, which I did today, and I tell them about children with cancers, you know, especially with cell towers, they're like, well, um, correlation doesn't mean causation. <laughs> that was literally. And I'm like, I've heard that so many times, right? So, you, so a lot of times if, when I've presented, I've had a colleague who has actually, especially, well, sometimes a science teacher will refute what I'm saying which is they're right, and then the students are like, well, my, my teacher said this stuff is not true. You know, like it doesn't break a molecular bond, so it's totally safe. Yeah, so I've, I've had that. So how are you being treated at your school by, by other people? Are, are you being attacked or people uh, lining oh. up to help you? or? Oh, wow, okay, that's a tricky one. I've realized this year that it's probably more important to go I'm working with the United Educators of San Francisco because we need to implement policy change first. So it doesn't work for me on my own to be doing this. So I've basically not realized that on a level as a teacher, it's better just to go to policymakers such as the union and then strategize about the best way because kids actually can get really scared um, when they hear this information because they basically think that it's completely safe and they're like sleeping on their phone. Like, like they'll fall asleep on their desk with their head next to their phone. Oh. So so oh. I'm serious. I mean, so, and you can, and then when you ask, please, can you like, hey, just take your phone out of your hand, put it on the desk, you know, and your colleagues are like, yeah, we know you're into this. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, but it's not quite, it hasn't reached um, a consensus. So usually the people uh, the, like who have believed, it doesn't matter whether it's a school or whatever, are the ones who have had direct personal experience. Uh, like Peter Sullivan, who is the producer for the Generations app film, he is, has what's called electromagnetic sensitivity. And, um, and he was working with Netflix. He was, a, I believe, a designer for Netflix in, in Silicon Valley. He also saw that his kids were on the autism spectrum. And at first, you know, he didn't believe any of this either. You know, he's like, I mean, there's this great quote, which I have somewhere, because there's like a little um, for Generations app, and he said, oh, yeah, I thought anybody who talked about the health effects of EMF was a complete idiot. <laughs> I thought that they just were not science-y. <laughs> this former techie owes his fortune to electronic devices, now he thinks they're dangerous. And that's a quote from Peter Sullivan, who's absolutely amazing, and he's the co-producer, along with Sabine, um, for Generations Act. 
how has the telecommunication industry, how have they been able to use the tobacco playbook to create a lot of doubt? Give oh, us some that, information about that. Okay. So, yeah, basically they say that the data is inconclusive. Um, there's um, This has been debated for years, and thermal impacts are only measuring harm for ionizing radio frequency, and they can say, well, you know, people are fine. It's like there's always going to be a couple of people who are going to not be feeling well from something. <laughs> you know? um, but they generate enough doubt, and, you know, they sometimes they call it, um, oh, what's it called? Oh, my God, it was like the tinfoil hat. And I think, you know, like I think when we were doing work in Sacramento, you know, you know, they were referred to as tinfoil hat. <laughs> I'm not going to say the other word, people, um, you know, who wear the tinfoil to shield against the, the radiation. Um, so there, and you have, so there's, there's, I think my sense, though, there's, they what they did was they ended up um, suppressing their own scientists. I believe George Carlo was one of their scientists, and I believe he said in the 90s, hey, this is not safe for kids. And they suppressed it and I believe there's other scientists and they would scientists they get a lot of money from industry. And so if they go against industry then there's a lot of pushback and there's and then there's a lot of discrediting. So there's been people have been debating this for years, but then people are using the advice and they're not getting immediately ill. So they think it's fine. And there's I mean and the devices are genuinely very, very useful and I mean I personally love technology. So um, also one of the playbooks is saying that, oh, the people who don't want this are technophobes. They don't like technology, which is not true for us. We we do like technology. We think it's important. We just think it's important to have safe technology, you know. And having wired fiber optics is safer technology. You can have a wired classroom. You can wire your iPad. Um, it just takes a little bit. It's not as convenient. It's not as portable. Um, but there's enough doubt generated, um, and it's a long latency period, so it's very hard to pinpoint that. To I'm quoting from Dr. Cindy Russell, but she said, "Yeah, it's hard to show the endpoints of disease states." So they play on that, and also, what they, I believe with the American Cancer Society is that who is on their board of directors. So you have to look at who's on the board of the directors, and then do they have you know wireless interests? So and it's a tough one, too. Some organizations want definitive proof. So we have a national toxicology program that has, I basically say, think that's definitive proof. Um, but it's gonna, it's 20 years. But the, the technology gets rolled out faster than the science can um, prove. Um, the concern is, um, but we are concerned uh, um, about the playbook. Um, but the Nation article, I, I advise your listeners to go um, look up the Nation article um, by Mark Hertzgart. What's been amazing is other other um, news outlets have been interviewing him, and so it's becoming more mainstream. That was basically a game changer. I wanted to ask you about the, the uh, technology that you sent me um, in your email. You talked about something called the Beamer, B-E-M-E-R. What oh, is yeah. that? Okay. And I also noticed that um, recently I've really been tracking how so much um, metal in your body can can um, react to Wi-Fi. Can you give us oh, more sorry. information about what you've learned of about course. that? 
Yeah, well, so I have I have a heavy metal issue. I'm not sure how that happens or whether my genes for methylating metal have been turned off. Um, but I do do um, notice that when I started taking, um, I'm going to see a functional medicine doctor, and I also have an ambassador to uh, Dr. Sarah Gottfried, who also has a heavy mental issue. So she said, yeah, go get the... Um, the Quicksilver by um, Christopher Shade, he's got, like, the detox kit. He's got the blood metals test, and he's got the um, the tri-test for mercury, and that's a, that's a gold standard. And I did measure in two different tests um, for really high mercury, and I also had a, you know, a, a tooth that was fractured. So there was, could have been through that. Um, and then I when I did the Beamer, I felt so different. So the Beamer said, um, my my functional medicine doctor says the Beamer unravels the deleterious impacts of EMF because with EMF, some of the cells, the blood cells, they can rope, have a roulette effect, as Dr. Beverly Rubrick spoke about in her studies. Um, she's uh, at the Saybrook um, Institute. Uh, so she, so when you do the Beamer, the, the blood, um, it's a, Pulse a PMF technology that it, I believe it's NASA approved, and they use it a lot in Germany, and so that restores the blood circulation. And we use it with a battery pack, not AC current. AC current's too high for me. I don't work well. I did badly on AC current, but okay, really well on um, the battery because. Um, so I suspect the blood is altered for some people with the the EMF frequencies more if you're older if you're 50 years old or older so that's Dr. Beverly Beverly Rubrick's study um, that she did for 45 minutes in a backpack the blood change this is not in a hand this is not in a pocket this was 45 minutes in a backpack what is the beamer tell me is it a little device or beamer yeah it's um a beamer is like um it's like a it is a frequency, I believe, of the Earth. It's your body's natural frequency, so basically it mimics that resonance. And How you, do you get them? Um, what's the website that we can? Oh yeah, the, the web. Gosh, I think it's be. I think you have to go to Beamer itself. I could find that out. I, I just know the people in this area. They're like a lot of health practitioners I know sell them, and so I know it through them, not through the beam. But there is a Beamer website, and I could. You'll so find that out. It's like B-E-M-E-R. If we type yeah, that in on Google, it'll exactly. come up? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So I, I wanted to ask you um, also about uh, other products. How about that bed canopy? What I noticed that you mentioned a bed canopy. How How is that made, and how does that protect you in your sleep? I believe that's like a, the natural fiber um, will block out the EMFs because you're most vulnerable when you're sleeping. That's when your body restores. And so if you have a building biologist come and make sure that, you know, you, you put it in, then you're not going to get the wireless from your neighbors. Um, and you, I think you have to do a little canopy and then there's a mat. I don't have one personally, but I know Jeremy Johnson mentions he has a travel one, which is really good for hotels because sometimes when people travel and they go to hotels, there's a lot of wireless. And if you're EMF sensitive, then you don't sleep. Um, 
how do I how do I find one of those? <laughs> okay, so Jeremy Johnson, if you go to um oh Jeremy Johnson's website, I'm 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 like worried I'm like worried about going on my computer because I share with the computer line with this phone. But That's it's Jeremy, Jeremy Johnson. Johnson. If we can just type that in, maybe we can find exactly. it. Exactly, right? and he has a, like he has a lot of resources for for great things, such as a Defender pad for your for your computer, your laptop, it Defender Shield, so it, it basically blocks the EMFs from your computer. Um, so he uses that. I've you know bought the blue the hollow tooth um, headsets. Uh, there is some concern about um, like the phone, um, like things that um, like radiation safe um, or defender um, things for phones because it could actually amplify the phone signal, the phone radiation from your phone. Um, so that is controversial. Uh, and so he, so Jeremy Johnson, just believes in like okay, you know, turning off your wireless at night. You know, keeping a a safe environment. Um, so if you have wireless, unplug your router, put your phone on airplane. Um, especially if you have kids, see how they sleep. Because um, my kids actually have I have like one who falls asleep all the time. So I'm like, wow, she's not getting sleep at home. Um, but creating a, that safe environment. If you're and then your step two would be to wire your computers. Um, some people who have very sensitive kids actually have to turn off a circuit breaker. Um, because some kids are actually so sensitive, um, I will I will say this because I think this is really important to share with your listeners. Um, uh, this was a testimony from um, Cece Doucette, is she's working with the Massachusetts EMF bills, and so she had a testimony from a physician who is also a professor about her children and how her children, I believe, went to private school. And as soon as the smart board was installed, um, after couple months, both her children started having adverse reactions, but in different ways. One of her children got headaches and nausea and vertigo and confusion and brain fog, which are some short-term symptoms. The other one started having regressive autism symptoms, and he wasn't autistic, but he started forgetting how to dress, and he had aggression, and it culminated in um, him smashing down a like a shower door where she had to go to the hospital. And she found he was sweet and lovely in their neutral house with no wireless. But when they went to, let's say, Costco or one of, you know, or they went in the school bus, then the child would become extremely aggressive and regress. And so her daughter said every time the younger one had episodes of aggression, she was getting her headaches and her nausea and her vertigo. So the symptoms were manifesting differently in the two different children. Um, but at the same yeah. time. At the same time, yeah. She said, Mom, he's having this outburst. So um, that's that was a testimony, a very compelling testimony. You know, of course, doctors work in hospitals, probably hospitals for high EMF environment, and there's a, there could be epigenetic changes you know, so you don't know how it changes your next generations epigenetically. They could be some of them could be weaker. But her child was not autistic but then regressed. But she said had she not been a doctor, another maybe another parent might have medicated the child not knowing, not being able to connect the symptoms to the cause. And that's something that's really important for parents to know if they have a child that's having issues, you might not know the real cause. 
of the issue, and, and the, I would invite all parents to at least try a trial of turning off the router at night for a week, um, and even a circuit breaker if you have a child, you know, who's having problems sleeping, or um, see what the change is, um, and then think, rethinking about the device. In, in France, you'll slap, you would be slapped with a fine if you give a child five and under a cell phone because their brains are developing and their bodies are developing. It's much more, um, it's a cumulative effect. Um, it's, they're much more sensitive. These, these phones were never tested on children or women. They were, they, if you watch, um, I would actually, you know, I, this would actually be a really great time. I don't know, Ariel, if you could show that little sound bite. I don't know. That would be okay. super for the film. Okay. Well, the, uh, the, the film, Generation Zapped, is coming out on DVD a week from tonight. Um, you can go to that website and watch the trailer. But for tonight's show, since it's all audio, um, I captured the audio from that so that we can just hear the trailer. And uh, But we encourage you to go and watch the trailer um, on the website, generationzapped.com. So here's a little uh, tidbit, and I'm I don't. I hope the audio is. Um, you can hear it. So here we go. If I ask you how much more radiation does penetrate your body today compared to like ten years ago, is it twice as much? Three times as much? No, it's a quintillion times more. That's a one with 18 zeros. In France, they had some of the first adopters of Wi-Fi. Now they're recognizing that the Wi-Fi is potentially harmful to school children, so they're getting rid of it in elementary schools. Could where you carry your cell phone make you sick? Radio frequency emissions from the school's strong wireless network has triggered headaches, nosebleeds, and nausea. Smart meters are replacing the analog meters on your home. Some say such meters are making them sick. Nobody has taken into account the cumulative radiation that we are all getting, especially children. Had there been free market testing, cell phones never would have made it into the marketplace. The, the manufacturers actually tell people in the instruction manual, which I, I've never read, not to put the cell phone against your ear. Radio frequency radiation are, in fact, cancer-causing and are perhaps cause of neurological diseases and cognitive problems and developmental problems in children. The wireless industry spends $100 million a year lobbying the Congress. So it's really hard to go up against the power of this industry, even when you have the facts on your side. We urgently need more research. We have almost no U.S.-funded research in this area. Scientists decided it was time to counter the industry claims that there is no evidence. Good evening. The World Health Organization today said cell phones are possibly carcinogenic. It puts it in the company of several other kinds of things, like lead, as well as engine exhaust and chloroform. These are all things that immediately will reduce your exposure. Use a wired earpiece. Concentrate on speakerphone. A wired computer classroom will not expose your child to radio frequency radiation. I do have a certain sense of optimism that eventually the right thing will happen, like it did with tobacco, like it did with asbestos. Hello? Hello? 
Hi, sorry, my alarm went off. <laughs> my bad. Um, yeah. Well, there is the, the 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 audio anyway from the trailer, and um, the DVD is coming out on July 10th. And for our Starseed listeners, you have a special discount to get the DVD. Where and then we encourage you to take it to your um, to your churches, your schools, your community centers and get people together and show them the DVD because, you know, our wallet, (laughs) the money you take out of your wallet is how you vote. So people need to be educated so that they make better uh, choices with their spending. So uh, would you tell everyone how to um, get the DVD? Sure. So you can go to uh, Generations App, that's uh, G Generations App, as it's, spelled out, G-E-N-E-R-A-T-I-O-N-Z-A-P-P-E-D.com. And it's just one best documentary um, available for purchase. Um, I really advise to do a screening for a large group of parents, especially those of you who live in rural areas and your child is riding on a Google bus and you have, like, a long commute. They've been making their buses wireless the um, there's actually a woman, Christina Zips, who is wanting to do a simulation test. So, um, so doing um, educating parents with the film screening of Generations Opt, and you'll get a discount as a listener. Uh, also, you can take a half-hour school and families course with the nonprofit Wireless Education. It'll give you uh, scientific information to enable you to be to know your facts and open a conversation with schools. I really encourage everyone to go to um, the Massachusetts EMF bills. They have great information there. Um, it's um, understanding um, Massachusetts EMF, um, and they have like the EMF points of confusion versus fact. Um, also, I do have to plug for the cal- making a donation to the California Brain Tumor Association. They're the ones responsible for getting Governor Brown to veto. They're also instrumental in the Berkeley Right to Know um, law ordinance, and they she works with kids um, who there's a cell tower on your school. You do actually have options, um, and she works with families um, who are facing that. Um, yeah. So there's a promo code, um, and if yes. I have this correctly. When you go to check out, when you get the DVD, if you use the promo code I got zapped, twenty percent, you get twenty percent right. off. Correct. Okay, so I got zapped, Z A P P E D, twenty percent, and it's all no spaces. I got zapped, two O, and then the percent sign, and you can get your discount code. Um, for anyone who's listening to our show. That sounds good. And um, I was going to ask you another question. Lavender, do you have another question? I I just can't remember what I was going to ask her. (laughs) That's fine. Well, I'm seeing what time it is, so I wanted to, um, Sarah, to pass you over to Ariel, my co-host, because she has the switchboard, and maybe some people would like to call in and, and talk with you. Would you be willing to talk to some people? Of course. Thank you so much, Lavender. So back to you, and thank you so much, 
Sarah, for what you're doing and anything that we can do to help you. Anytime you want to come on our show and just give a, a, a blurb for five minutes, you're, you're welcome to come any, any Tuesday that you have something you want to tell us. We'll, we'll open the mics for you, okay? Thank you so much. That means the world to me. It means the world to, for the, for you doing what you're doing. We we want to support what you're you're doing. So keep us posted all the time so that we'll get others to to join your efforts. Okay. Thank you so much. Okay, back to you, Ariel. Okay, so um, I want to talk to you a little bit myself, but before we get that going. I want to let anyone know if you're already listening on the switchboard, if you've already called in, if you have a question for Sarah, just press 1 so that we know you want to ask a question. And if you're listening on the computer, then pick up the phone and dial 917-889-8292. And then once you're in, press 1, and um, our our switchboard hosts, will um, Fiona and Kathy and Jada, is here now too. We'll help you um, get your question ready for Sarah. So um, while we are waiting to see, and we've got we've got callers <laughs> popping up already, um, this is such a vitally important. Um, it's so far-reaching. Uh, in my um, view, my perception, uh, because I mean we're about star seeds, and and you know making the transition to the, to the fifth dimension and a better planet and empowering star seeds to better serve the planet that's what we're all about and the star seeds are um the hope of the future and helping to bring more light to the planet so the children that have been born especially the millennials the children that are still in school, they are the hope for the future. They are, you know, going to change this world and, and you know, <laughs> clean up our mess. But my, my thing is, what a, you know, what a perfect way to take them all out. Give them something that they get addicted to that's bad for them and... Um, and then you don't have to worry about them getting in your business later on when they grow up and get out into the world. That's that's the 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 underlying um, kind of big picture that that I perceive with wireless, with cell phones, with all the smart this and smart that. I even saw a commercial the other night for a smart bed. The thing tracks you at night, and if you're moving too much, it changes its position or something like. And I just sat there with my mouth open, going, "Oh my God!" A smart um, Ar- I mean, Ariel, going, yeah, it, it's it's pretty intense. There's there's I believe smart diapers, and um, there's a website called um, what um, it's what is five G dot org info. What is five G info? And it talks about all the different things, including a snoo crib, which is supposed to be shielded uh, where the with the app of your phone, your baby is snuggled in this like bassinet and it rocks and wirelessly. Well, the the pediatrician said that he does he did shield it the wireless from the baby. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, so I don't know, um, but we were a little surprised to hear about even a wireless bassinet where you know the parent can 
it does the work for the parents. The parent doesn't have to rock the baby to sleep. Oh, oh my God. I mean, it's just, it's, you know, it's the Borg. <laughs> um, but, yeah, we have, I mean, it's just, it's really, it's gone way too far. And it's up to the parents. It is up to the parents to protect their children because that's immediate. You know, by the time they pass legislation and, and you know, we slowly wise up and, and you know, make our world, world healthier for us to live in, um, it might be too late for the kids who then by that time will have like 10 years of, of radiation accumulated in their body. And I imagine childhood, uh, you know, pediatric cancer is at an all-time high. So we have a caller ready to go. You are going to be talking to David, and let me get your mic open, David. Okay, Hello. you're on the air with Sarah. Go ahead with your question. Hey, Sarah. I enjoyed your presentation so much. Good luck with the film. Thank um, you. One of the, questions, one of the questions I had was about the Beamer. Uh, I missed the part. I'm familiar with Beamer, but I missed the part that you talked about, about using it um, to protect against the EMFs. Um, what it, what, it I, what I've been told the Beamer does is it on um, it plumps up the let's say the this blood cells look like raisins in response yes. to the EMF so that it plumps the cells back up and unroops the roulette effect what happens sometimes for some people with uh, EMF exposure so the Beamer will unrope the blood cells and promote healthy circulation um, but it's advised to do it. <coughs> Excuse me, with a battery pack, not an AC, not AC current. Mm-hmm. Well, I use the Beamer uh, daily, and uh, I know I had a blood test done the other day or last month, and I did see the cells all pumped up. Um, so I, it, it did work for me, I guess. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a I, I just moved to Arkansas. I'm a, a distributor for Beamer down here, and um, I've just uh, it's helped me. I have a um, a chronic lymphatic uh, leukemia, and it helps me because I don't I don't have any of the symptoms of it, and the beamers help me get through that, and that's wow. why I've been doing it. That's pretty phenomenal. Yeah, I've I've heard wonder stories that uh, someone had a stroke and she had the beamer applied immediately afterwards and she was able to walk, and she wasn't. Right. I mean, it was just it, it promoted her recovery. And I know the sports teams do the PMF technology. In fact, I believe. Uh, Starseed Radio Academy had one of a gentleman on who talked about PMF technologies, and they they have them to heal sports injuries. Oh yes, um, I know. The, in fact, the Beamer team just ra- did a race across the country, a bicycle race, uh, three thousand miles, and they came in I don't know several hours before anybody else. Um, it does help your blood flow and oxygenates the cells, gets rid of, gets rid of bad cells. And people, especially with um, microcirculation issues, um, it does help with that. So if anybody's interested, uh, Beamer is a great product. Thank you so much for sharing that. And, yeah, that's that's great. And you're probably local. There's probably people here from Arkansas. So that's great. You're, you'd be a good resource. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, I'm doing uh, seminars here. I live in the village, in the Hot Springs Village, and I'm doing seminars here and introducing the population here. We have a lot of elderly people here, and 
and so I think it's, it really will help help their their health and wellness. So, but I appreciate it. I'm glad you got, glad you've been introduced to it. Thank you. Yeah, I'm glad to. Great, great. Well, David, thank you so much for calling in. We appreciate your input. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, David. Okay. Okay. Take care. Okay. Bye bye now. Well, there's a, a you know a good case in point uh, to to help undo the damage. Um, but you know there are we had um, three episodes um, like a little mini series. Uh, I think it was October or November with some um, websites and people businesses that are dedicated to helping protect us. And um, I remember you you said earlier that there is a a little bit of controversy over um, headsets. And um, I think, in my opinion, of course, I'm not a scientist or a medical professional, but um, a wired headset is like an antenna where the signal can travel right up the wire. It's a conductor. And then it gets it still gets into your head, and Bluetooth amplifies that signal before it gets into your head. And the air tube or the hollow tube headset, like you said, you have now, um, that's the only one where it's impossible for the 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 you know EMF to travel. It's it's based on the you know when you were a kid with the the tin can and a string um, it was carrying the vibration. It's kind of like that. Uh, but it's of course you know very good quality. <laughs> it's not a tin can and a string. But yeah, the air tube or the hollow tube headset, um, and keeping that cell phone out of your energy field. I tell people that every single day when I'm doing their charts, um, especially if they have certain markings that that they need to know about that stuff. Wow! So, um, Thank you. That's really good information. Yeah, well, you know, there um there was um one website is called lessemf.com and um and I, unfortunately I can't I can't remember the it's other website Jeremy, at this Jeremy Jeremy Johnson's website. I believe that's his website. Less I believe that's the one with all the resources. Yeah, they have like a catalog of 300 things that are you know to Stop, block, improve. Um, they may even have the canopies. That's probably that's probably the same guy. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, so there's some con- there's some controversy. People have spoken about when they're on airplanes. There's concern because of um, people now. They're they have it's a bring your own device, and everyone's streaming movies on their phone. And there's also like a screen in back of your seat, possibly. So there are some people who actually had to buy um, particular layers of clothing. So people who were EMF sensitive, they said they had to do non-conductive clo- clothes on the inside, several layers, and then a blocker on the outside because their access was denied. I mean, like going to an airplane, um, you know, ideally people should have the Americans Disability Act should allow access for everybody. But they don't um, recognize um, EMF sensitivity. Well, yeah, and the, you know, just thought just hit me. Um, if you are EMF sensitive 
and if you walk into a place where the where the wireless is real strong and you immediately you know you get dizzy you get symptoms you get nauseous you whatever the symptom is um those are actually kind of the the lucky people because you know it's there the people that are not emf sensitive they're still absorbing the radiation but they don't have any symptoms until the doctor comes back and tells you you've got a serious problem um you know so it like um if you if you walked someplace out in public and someone's standing outside smoking, you can smell it a long ways away. And, and if you're sensitive, you can walk the other way. When it comes to wireless, you can't smell it, you can't see it, you, you can't sense it unless you are EMF sensitive. And then at least you've got a warning system like, you know, get the heck out of here. This, this is, you know, not healthy. But people that are not EMF, EMF sensitive does not mean that they're not being harmed. It's just that it will take longer for that, you know, for things to go bad. That's, that's, that's a really you, good point. Yeah, but you know, there's concerns. Yeah, so it, yeah, for the kids who because they get impacted because they're starting earlier, this will be the first cradle to grave exposure, and we don't know what that's gonna do for this well, generation. We don't we don't know how bad it's going to get, but we do know it's going to be bad. You know, there's no there's no um um you know, Hollywood kind of ending um unless people wake up and put a stop to this because it's it it's, uh, it's yeah. not safe, you know. They are you know, poisoning us um so that you know, if you're if you've well, got health is, problems, then you won't you won't be cha- you won't be trying to change the government. You won't be getting in their business. <laughs> I'm, I'm just a little bit of a radical rebel myself, <laughs> but um, yeah, it's it's really the children. They're the hope for the future, and it's up to the parents. Don't leave it up to the state. You know, do what you can in your community. You know, get this film, Generation Zapped, and and. And there was a what you said, there was a, a family schools and families course that you can that you can yeah, take with with um oh gosh I'm looking to see it's with uh wire I believe it is with wireless education schools and family course with wire with the nonprofit wireless education it it's a half an hour it'll give family scientific information and to open up a conversation with schools. So it's, I think, $7. <laughs> it's from Britain. It's a British course. So CC2SAT is the North American distributor for that uh, course, and she's phenomenal. She's the one behind the Massachusetts EMF bills. But I do want, I do want to say there is there is concern because of um, different cities having the 5G and the small cells. I, I didn't mention this earlier, but uh, like Palo Alto, for example, um it was a pilot, one of the pilots, and that was for small cells. That wasn't even 4G. That was 4G. But what they did was they had something called Fox mailboxes, which were small cells, but they looked like mailboxes, but they weren't. And the radi- so um, a colleague measured the radiation levels, and he said they were higher than what was beamed at the embassy of Moscow, and it was right in the public by, you know, byway. So. People, there's no, there's no signs, there's no warning sign that says this is like, you know, not, not a safe, 
and people are right next to it right. at bus stops. Um, and so also municipalities, there's a mad rush to install the next generation, and that would be on, like, street lamps. And uh, um, you don't know what your city has negotiated. And so th- the more people are aware, they don't, you don't want to wait for it to happen because uh, then it's, like, on your sidewalk. Um, that's what's happened in Santa Rosa, California, where – the city just did not negotiate a good deal, and people woke up, and there was like refrigerated, refrigerator-sized small cells in front of their house. Um, and, but they're going for the most affluent communities right now. Um, so, um, and everywhere you see these small cells in San Mateo County, um, it's pretty intense. Um, and some cities fought and lost. Um, so the wireless industry is really, really powerful, but we do buy with our dollars. So as long as people keep on supporting them, and they, they also um, try, replaced um they could do fiber, um, so fiber to the home, which is a really good option, and but it's um, more expensive, and the industry makes a lot more profit by not using the copper wires and not using the fiber, but doing wireless. And I think we paid for all that um, with. Um, with our ta- our phone tax money, we already paid for the infrastructure, and they pocketed it. The wireless industry pocketed all our money, and they invested in an infrastructure that is not as safe. So our issue is, why did you take our money and invest in um, an option that's not as safe? Because people don't know. I mean, you didn't even ask. Is it they okay if we take your money and, and and yeah, and and do whatever we want with it? So, um, you know, if you're asleep at the wheel. Um, that's the risk that you're taking if you just let someone else deal with it, um, because it's gonna it's it's gonna be in your front yard before you know it. And oh, I remember we're, from we're hoping not for that not to happen. <laughs> yeah, well, that's why I say we have to. I imagine it's easier to stop it from coming than it is to yeah. get rid of it once it's here. I believe that so there's a legal precedent once to sell towers there. You can't. It's very hard to remove it pretty difficult due to the laws. Um, yeah, well, play. they took care of that. Um, one of those guests that we had back in the fall said that way back in the early 90s, the um, the cell phone, I mean, the cell tower companies um, had a law passed that you cannot object to a cell tower for health reasons. You can only object to it because it's an eyesore. There's a workaround So they knew that. back then. That's true, but there's a, there's a workaround. So um, I invite your readers to look at Susan Foster's um, article. She she worked with the firefighters in California. They're exempt from having a cell, cell tower on their firehouses. And her article, oh, gosh, um, Susan Foster, and it was under Fearless Parent, and she wrote a letter to Governor Brown under that website and sent it to Governor Brown. And basically the firefighter study, the firefighters were the first people to have the cell tower on their fire station. And what happened was they became infertile. They had suffered cognitive problems. Mind you, firefighters are the 99th percentile in terms of mental health and physical fitness. They're the, the creme de la creme. They, one firefighter forgot how to resuscitate a cardiac, uh, do a cardiac, uh, a victim who was having a cardiac arrest, and they knew they were. They actually knew that they were under the cell tower, and so a, a superior needed to step in. But this person had a 20-year unblemished history, so they were losing the ability 
to have co- to do their jobs as first responders. And because uh, um, the firefighter um, union is very strong, and they were able to have an exemption. So her thing was, well, if the firefighters can have an exemption, what about the kids? Right. Well, congratulations to the work um, that was done from everybody that helped um, and to Governor Brown for vetoing the bill so that California has um, its own dominion um, as, as to what happens in their state. With local control of cities. The cities would have lost local control to negotiate deals with that telecom. Uh, so that was basically stripping local authority. It was a, a pr- pretty – so the um, – yeah, in fact, the the person – who was the co-author of the bill, was my very own assembly person, of all things, in California. California's a big state, but he's in the town next to mine. And so cool. Is. Yeah, that was Great. my assembly yeah. person. But we were able to reach, um, we were able, we did a lot of lobbying, we were able to reach um, legislative staff and convince them, and enough of them voted against. So um, Governor Brown, his veto was also a response to the wonderful legislative staff who actually saw the light and were able to do the right thing. Well, that's great. They set the precedent. So if if California can do it, so can the other 49. Um, is, right. there a, is there a place um, uh, that you where someone can um, see all the stuff that you sent us? Uh, is there a, is there a Facebook page? Uh-huh. Is there a website that we, because you sent uh, an enormous amount of helpful information, and yeah. obviously um, we didn't get through all of it tonight. But is there a place where someone can go and, and educate themselves? Kind of a one stop shopping thing. Uh, I really like the Environmental Health Trust, but I think that's www.ehtrust.org. Org, I think. That's E H T. Yeah, I have that. E H T dot org. It's. I think it's E H environmental E H trust. I think I I spelled it wrong. So it's actually trust spelled out, and that's an amazing oh website. Yeah, and also the um the E M F Massachusetts E M F bills are really great, um and. Also, I'm on my computer here. It's oh, here it is. Um, understanding. It's a Google site. Understanding EMFs, and so they have everything from 5G to IoT, and that's an incredible. Like you have um, Wi-Fi in schools, knowing about smart meters. Um, hey, um, families, get rid of your smart meters. Um, those things are are not safe. Um, they have um, for municipal leaders, for engineers and physicists, legal issues. So um, there's some really great information here, um, including I just found out that Hawaii, I think, um, is said no to 5G. Uh, I did not know that until today. And, of course, um, Cleveland and 80 other towns are suing the state of Ohio for um, their local authority being taken away. So anyone in Ohio, you just know that. Um, so, yeah, there's hope. Yeah, yeah. Well, the people um, have the most to lose, so it should be the people who who step up to oppose this. 
Um, and certainly you vote with your dollars. Yeah, and know that um, Russia's, I just want to say Russia's largest telecommunication company does not see a business case for 5G. So other um, countries, there's a moratorium on that. So people don't realize that the United States is, um, I don't know, is not in alignment with these other countries. I think we have um, 100 times more radiation than Russia, and Russia has Chernobyl. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so um, the 180 scientists say no to... So there's a whole bunch of great websites here um, that, you know, your listeners can look at. And please, um, please, um, you know, get the DVD and have this conversation. Um, you, you know, there's so much um, clarity when, when you're not around the wireless. It's like, it's like you're a whole different person. You'd be surprised. Yeah, yeah. And people just, they, they're, like you said earlier, um, you'd think that there's something else wrong. You never would think that that was the source. You know, if you're having some some problem, it's like, oh, you know, I must I, I must need a pill. There's no pill that can fix electromagnetic radiation that I know I think, of. Yeah, I think it probably everybody has, like, weaknesses, and I think any time you have an environmental exposure, then it can weaken your ability, you know, whatever your vulnerability is can pop out a little bit more. So it's very hard again to pinpoint the end stages of diseases. Yeah, you know how. But if there's something wrong, don't yeah, you have to consider all the possibilities, and this is probably a, um, an underlying cause for a lot of different ailments. Right, right. It's so true. There's, so I think yeah. skyrocketing Alzheimer's, skyrocketing autism. Um, there's a lot of skyrocketing bipolar among youth. There's suicidal ideation among youth. So um, there's. Changes in gray matter too. I mean, there was a whole conference on that for for children, um, teenagers that the using of devices actually changes their gray matter. That's scary. So yeah. parents, um, you know, you got to stand up to the to the peer pressure, to the you know, you got to stand up for the sake of the children. Well, Sarah. I so appreciate the time and energy that you um, have shared with us tonight and all of the work that you've done, all the knowledge that you've gained, the work that you've done to to help in your own community, in your own school. Um, We are very grateful, and um, you have our admiration and uh, respect. So any time that you have any news or something that you want to share, you're welcome to come any time you want on this show. Thank you so much, Ariel, and a shout-out also to Lavender. Thank you so much. And Anastasia, thank you so much for having me on your show. Oh, it's our pleasure, and we will see you in Arkansas. I'm looking forward to meeting you. Thank you. Okay. Well, um, ladies and gentlemen, go to generationzapped.com, get the DVD, and put it to good use. And we will be back next week. Until then, take care of yourself and be grateful every day. Good night, everyone. Good night. You've been listening to Starseed Radio Academy. Visit our website at www.starseedhotline.com. 